0: Welcome, everyone, to Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. As I always say, I've got a new servant today, but he's a servant in business with something I don't know anybody else doing. There's people that teach how to speak presentations, how to speak at a a demonstration when you're doing an introduction to your business, uh, your product or service, but Andy is doing something very cool that I love. Andy, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks a lot, Steve. It's great to be here.
0: I teased you now. Let's get into it. You're called the Eller Pitch Coach. What started all this and and where we are today?
1: Well, you know, it started the way marketing usually does. I'm a computer scientist by training, so it all started with me programming. But (laughs) the funny story is that I went to the trade show. I've always been a theater guy, so I was living two lives, you know, technology during the day and theater at night. And one day they were looking for volunteers for the trade show floor. And so I volunteered because, you know, trade shows sounded something up my alley. And so they gave us the marketing. You know, they gave us the... Talking points, and we went out and did that, and it was fine, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. And I got back to the engineering floor and said one of the things I'd said on the trade show floor. And Steve, the the floor just got the engineering floor got quiet, and this guy popped his head out from the next cube, and he's like, "Andy, you know that's not true." And and I'll admit that at the code level, at the bits and bytes down at down in the computer, it was happening in a different order. But from the customer's point of view. The way we were saying it was much clearer. Like it, you know, it, it, it's 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 not true confessions. It's marketing, right? So it doesn't have to be true to that level. And so that was where it started for me, understanding that there are different ways of talking about things based on what you're what you're trying to get done. And so so from from there, I you know I owned a business and started cold call selling, and then got told that networking was a way of you know finding business without without <laughs> having to drag yourself out every morning to do cold calling. Um, and so that's kind of where I, that's kind of how I got into elevator pitches
0: it's interesting cold calls i'm with you i, I did them as a 18 year old doing picture frames and no thank you i'd rather do it this way but i didn't you're... mind it when i was out doing it like once oh, i got out the good. door and walking
1: down it was cold. Yeah. it was door-to-door so it was it was pretty personal yeah. kind of thing but I, I didn't mind it once i was doing it but i had to i had to grab myself by the collar every morning and kind of drag myself out the door it was hard to hard to get started
0: it's funny you young people here door-to-door sales What the heck is that? But that's okay. He's going to teach you how to do virtual door-to-door. Exactly. And with that being said, COVID comes, we're jumping on all these Zooms meetings. You developed a program for elevator pitches. Yep. Why?
1: Well, you know, we teach what we most need to learn. And when I started networking, I joined the local chamber of commerce and I started going to the meetings and it didn't make any sense to me. I wasn't getting any kind of, I I wasn't getting any kind of, leads from it. No, nobody understood what I was doing. Like it didn't make any sense. And so, but I'm an engineer. So I started putting things together. I started trying things out and testing things and they kept the stuff that worked. And And I say, it took me about eight years to figure out how networking works, but it takes about three to six months now when I'm, when I'm teaching someone now. And it all begins with the elevator pitch, right? You, you find, you know, everyone's, everyone's struggling with their 32nd pitch. They're tweaking it and working on it and trying to get it done. Um, and I have a I have a process. That, I mean, I can help people with their thirty second pitch, but I find there are actually two other pitches that are even more useful when you're business networking, especially that are kind of easier to come up with and and get you better leads faster. So you know, people are kind of focused on the wrong thing, but but helping people focus on starting the conversation, P- people love it. Like it's it makes it, it it turns it from some sort of business persona to just being yourself and and getting to know people. Like it really, people find that a relief that you know that's really what networking's about.
0: What's the difference between a good, a great elevator pitch, which you teach, to a really bad one?
1: Um, You know, I don't hear many bad elevator pitches. Um, I'll say that the, (laughs) the worst elevator pitch I ever heard was this guy who had a cleaning company. And his pitch was essentially, well, you know, I'm starting up this cleaning company, and I assume that by the time I have the first client, I'll have the insurance in place. And I mean, again, it's true. It's marketing, not true confessions. Like people will assume that you have all your stuff together, so it's best not to give them a reason to question it. So, so that's really the only way, place you go wrong in an elevator pitch. But the mistake people make is that it's not specific enough, right? That that what you're looking for is to make it easy for people to send you the right kind of opportunity. And so I really work with people on honing that down, on being really clear about what you're looking for, because in networking, people are looking to help, like they're looking to looking to send you the people that will be helpful to you. And so the clearer you can be about what that is, the better. And so the mistake people make is that they have this kind of generic elevator pitch um, that, you know, sounds like everyone else doesn't really make them unique. Um, And the best elevator pitches are where it's even not just your it's not just your uniqueness. It's the uniqueness of the people that you're working with. That's what you're really looking for.
0: I I love that because there's no bad pitches and that's why you're a servant because, you know, that wasn't bad. And you're right, it's not bad. But is practice important with your elevator pitch?
1: Uh, It's very important. Um, It's very important. There there are two kinds of practice. Uh, The first is just being able to say it. And again, a lot of what I work with people on are the conversation starters. There's not a whole lot to memorize um it's if you have a 30 second pitch then you can work on some techniques and and i really recommend the the best way to practice is just start up a some sort of recorder you just you can video yourself or audio record yourself because somehow turning on the recording device gives you the pressure of being in front of an audience right practicing in front of a mirror i never recommend because it it you're never looking in yourself when you're doing it so that's a bad way to practice but you you know you you can practice you practice and everything seems fine and then you turn on the you know you turn on the recorder and you start like blah, 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 you're like Oh my goodness! Like, why does that happen? But that so that gives you the pressure. So I I like to, I like people to practice that way. So I, I think it is important to practice. But the really important thing, Steve, when you're when you're doing this work, is to practice and see how people are responding to it. Right? People always ask me, like, oh, I'm scared that the elevator pitch guy is here is going to judge my pitch, and I like to say to people what I'm looking for from your pitch is to understand who I can introduce you to. Right. I know a lot of people, like I work with a lot of people. I I know a lot of people and I'm listening to your pitch to try to understand who I can introduce you to. And sometimes you come up with someone and sometimes you don't, but I don't, there's no judgment in that. It's just like, sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. Um, So the thing you want to practice with your pitch is making sure that the right kind of people are sending you the right kind of introductions and leads. And that's, and I have a process. I have a whole process for that is to help people do that.
0: What I'm hearing, which I love to hear is it's, Pretty much anybody could do this with the right yeah.
1: tools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we haven't been. Well, you know, if you've if got time for a quick story, like we, yes. we've, we've been taught. So my kids, my kids are older now. They're in middle school now. But th- when they were in second grade, they came home one day. And the challenge that day, they'd been shown pictures of like a tiger and a lion and a, and a kid in a house cat. And. They had to know that they were all felines, right? That was it. oh, you know, you're so smart. You can and as humans, we've done this. Like we generalize things, we we put things into buckets and and categorize them and all these things. And it that's the way you're that's the way we're taught in school makes us smart, right? You're smart if you can kind of generalize these things. And people come to me all the time with the elevator pitch, and they say, hey, you know, I do this thing and I do this thing and I do this thing. How do I make a pitch that encompasses all of that? And that's actually the backwards approach because the with the pitch it works the other way. If you if you generalize. People can't see themselves in it, right? But if you're specific, then people will feel excluded. Like, Well, well, you know, so you work with, you know, 40-year-old men. What if I'm a 50-year-old man? Like, you know, and suddenly people have pre-qualified themselves for you. So when you're that specific, and the other thing is that you're looking to get the conversation started. So you're looking for the piece of your business, right? If you have three pieces of your business, you pick one. For the elevator pitch, because that's the entry point for people. And then once they start talking to you, you can talk a about the other things that you work on, tell them about the other things that are available. Um, so that's the that, that's the way I like to think about the elevator pitch from that point of view.
0: This is why I like Andy on my show, because you really broke it down. That I think is a big problem of pitches is I do five services. I do this, this, this and this. And you're right. They try to cover all those in 30 seconds. Like, oh, no, no, no. You know, you're like you did better <laughs> than I did. Um so when you do elevator pitches and you coach people, is it something that they can get right away or is it just person to person when you're working with them?
1: I'm not sure I understand. The well, question. get right.
0: I mean, where they where they um, what's where I want to use where they hone down their pitch. That's really good. Is it oh. something that happens quickly or is it person to person?
1: So I, I have a one hour program that I do. Okay. so I in, in the one hour I write three pitches. I write the 30 second pitch, I write the seven word pitch, and I write the referral statement and and again, that's that's the thing people get wrong with this. They spend all their time tweaking their 30 second pitch, but you really want that short pitch and that referral statement because that's what helps people in your networking group help you. And so I have a one hour program that that I do those three pitches. The first half hour I have a series of questions that I ask that helped me get to know them and their values and their clients. Just, it's a really quick, deep dive into what they're doing. And then the second 30 minutes, I write the pitches for them. Um, and then there's some follow-up because, you know, it's not, it's not a coming down from the mountain sort of thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's a minute to learn, lifetime to master sort of thing. And, and people are always funny because I, you know, I, I give them, you know, I, we come up with the pitches to get they're there on the calls. So we come up with the pitch to get, I write it, but we, you know, it's together. And they say, wow, they said that, that really sounds like me. I'm like, well, well, yeah. I mean, that's my goal. Like, you can't see the label when you're inside the jar, right? From from the outside, I can kind of, I can kind of <laughs> hone in on it. So, so the, so, so yeah. So it only takes that long to come up with your messaging. And again, it's a very holistic. You know, people people get on a call and they're like, oh, what's the quick thing? And I'm like, I prefer to do the holistic approach because that gets you the right. You know, what, what's the right story for you to tell? What's the right client to focus on? I don't know. Like, that's what the process. That's what the hour long process gives you is that kind of focus. Yeah. Um, but I, but I run workshops where you can, you can get some of the material quickly, right? I mean, you know, so, so there, you know, there are ways of learning it quickly, but yeah, it's not, it's not nearly as complicated as people have been making it, right? People like, you know, think about their niche and and all these, you know, other things. And it. it's much, it's much more straightforward than that. You don't have, you do really have to think too hard about it.
0: Yeah. So it's not, yeah, anybody can do it oh, if, yeah, yeah. if they're willing to take action. How important is it? Because I listened to a, before this show, I was in networking last week, and I heard the same pitch from a guy he's been doing for a year. Exact same words. Yep. Pretty close, but same idea. Yep. Is, not that it's wrong, but should you be changing your elevator pitch every so often? Um, You know,
1: no. <laughs> I, okay. I don't think people should change their pitch. The, the fact that you're, you know, the fact that you know the pitch is a good thing The fact that you're not sending him leads from it is probably the bad part of the pitch, right? I mean, so I I think it's important to to make that balance. Like I I believe in changing the pitch when you're figuring out what your pitch should be. But I've been the elevator pitch coach now for 15 years, and I've been using the same pitch pretty much the whole time. Like it's not, and you what you remember is the, the way this works is you go into a networking event, right, or whatever it is, and you say, I'm I'm a what? I'm an XYZ. And people are like, OK. And of course, they leave the thing and they don't remember you at all because nobody remembers you the first time. You know, people have this sense that they've said it and it's going to be boring the next time they say it. Yeah. But that's not the way it works. Right. The next time you say I'm an X, Y, Z, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's the X Y Z. He's looking. Oh, he's looking for that thing. Oh, yeah. OK. And the third time you do it, they're like, wait a second. I just saw I just saw someone. He waited. He needs that. Oh, though no, that's over there. And then the fourth time they actually bring you a lead. And so, and, and so I, I believe people should use the same one for a month. I think it's always worth using the same one right. for a month. Um, and then I like think people should change it in order to figure out if they can find a better one, right? If you can find one that has more, more common appeal to people, then you'll get better leads from it, but you'll know pretty quickly once you have kind of a baseline of how it's working. Then, then you, you'll know you'll, when you change it, you'll know instantly whether it's better or worse, but, but I'm, I always, I think it's always worth experimenting, but your pitch should be consistent because otherwise, um, I did a blog article and I'm doing a blog article. Otherwise it's like checking into a new hotel every night, right? Every time oh. you meet someone, there's a, there's a new kind of key and the bathroom's different and it's different kind of shampoo and different kind of locks on the doors. And you know, it, it, it it's confusing to people if you keep changing your pitch. So when you can be consistent and this guy, this guy, you know, you know, his pitch, you know, his pitch, you know who he is. When you, yeah. when you meet someone for him, you'll send them to him. That, that's a good result.
0: No, I learned something as I always do on these podcasts. Thanks Andy. Confusion. That's a good word. That that's a no-no with your p- elevator pitch. Talk about okay. that. Talk it's about confusion.
1: confusion. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's you know, it, it's interesting. There's the confu- there's two kinds of confusion. There's the confusion where you're doing too many things, right? You call it the laundry yeah. list, where you just kind of list everything. And what people think is, well, they'll they'll latch on to something and that'll, you know, the if I say everything, then they'll latch on to something. But it doesn't work that way, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know as well as I that if you say a list of things, people just kind of tune out um the but the more important confusion is that if people don't know what you're about i you know it's funny people send me emails all the time with no conjunctions in them w- without the words and and or cuz cuz when i give when i give talks i say i don't like the word and in your pitch and i have to remind people that i'm okay with and as a word like you don't have to like remove and from any communication with me <laughs> but but in your elevator pitch if you say you're you know if you say you do this if i say i do elevator pitches and business networking people get lost. I do both of those, but I market myself as the elevator pitch coach, because then once people talk to me and once they've got a pitch, then I can help them with the business networking. That's the first step, right? That's the way people come to me. And so the confusion, the confusion people don't, aren't aware of is who should I send to you? Like who, who would be useful for you to talk to? Um, and, and that's really where I work with people on the clarity. You know, we, we, we work down yeah. a on the clarity of what's going on.
0: So let's use a plumber. He works for commercial businesses and and, and uh, um, consumers. Yep. So if most of his business is consumer. That's what he should, should focus on his, on his elevator pitch. Or does he go waffle back and forth? Maybe a little bit. Well,
1: never waffle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never thank you. Waffle. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> thank the, you. Uh, <laughs> you know I, I, what I say to people that the exercise, to, a quick exercise for folks if you're if people are you know confused as to how to do this. What I like to have people do is think about your most recent client. And if his most recent client was, you know, a, a single woman in her 40s who just bought a new condo, that's what he I do plumbing for, you know, 40-year-old women who have just bought a condo. And people are like, oh no, but Andy, I need to I need to cast a broad net. Like I, you know, I, I don't want to rule things out. And again, this goes back to what I talked about before. The generalities don't get you the conversation. If you talk about 40-year-old women or 40-year-old men, people say, Well, but but, but I'm a, I'm a, you know, my, my brother's a 30 year old guy, you know, could you help He has this problem. Could you help him? And, and look at what happens there, Steve, like they pre-qualified that's the Holy grail. People are like, how do I know who I'm talking to when you're specific, people will tell you that they'll tell you what they're looking for. You know, I I don't fit into that category, but I'm in this category and I could still use your help. Um, and so that's really, and so, so for the plumber, I would encourage him to, you know, did, did you, you know, did you work on a 30 unit condo building? did you work, you know, in a, in a two family house? Did you work in a in a single family house? Did you, are you working on houses, you know, in Natick? Like, you, you know, name the town, like the, the people know if they're in the town, right? I, I'm yeah. looking, you know, I'm looking for single family homes in Natick, like that. That's a great way of doing it. Um, And again, people, people don't like it. And it was tough for me. I mean, becoming the elevator pitch coach, I have a very broad coaching practice. I help people with the elevator pitch and with business networking and presentation skills and with delegating. I, I just have a really broad practice. And the It was so it took me 18 months to become the elevator pitch coach because I was worried I was limiting myself. But the amazing thing is, and this happens every time I work with people on this, it feels too narrow. But the narrowness is what causes the conversations. And once you're in the conversation, then they can learn more about you. I sell I sell more of everything now being the elevator pitch coach and marketing that that I sell more of everything because people know how to how to come to me. They know why to come to me, and then uh, yeah, oh. that
0: that's the best statement, Andy, of any of my podcast because that is the n- uh, number one fear. I do all this stuff, and right, like what you said, I'm so glad you're an audience. Make sure you hear that. Listen to this over again because that is probably the biggest tip he's given to you for free, <laughs> which I appreciate him doing that. But on top of the tips and advice, you do workshops. Yep. Um, let's do a shout out. I know you got one coming up. Um, give me a shout out. how think can reach out to you and talk about the newest, uh, pod- or a workshop coming up.
1: Well, we're doing, I'm doing a new workshop uh, this coming Monday. I know podcasts are, we're, we're talking yeah. today. So, but the, um, this workshop is actually going to be on how to turn networking conversations into sales appointments. And it's it's one of those things that everyone's confused about and I'm meeting all these people and it's great, but but when do I get to sell? Like when do I have the chance to sell? And I'm certain that I'll be uh, this is a new program I'm doing next week, but I'm sure I'll be doing more of these, you know, just just check my check my website, improvhandy.com for, for upcoming programs. Um, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but the the interesting thing about it is that when you have a particular way of talking about your work, mm-hmm. you can instantly gauge whether people are interested in it or not. And if they're interested in it, then you can talk about it. And if they're not, then you don't have to. Then you can look mm-hmm. for other ways to help them. And so that's really, so that'll be the, the crux of it. But you, you know the way my work, it's, it, we workshop it. So you, you get some ideas and you work on it and practice some things. And that's the way, that that's the way we'll do it. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's a really fun program because that's the goal, right? The goal of networking is you want to be doing sales, but what do you do if you're stuck in all this networking? And so I have a, you know, a series of tips we're going to go through on how to, how to turn that corner, like how to. And I do, I do this all the time. Like I, you know, I I do a lot of networking talks, and I would say that seventy to eighty percent of the networking conversations don't result in any sort of client thing. But the other twenty, they be some become clients, right? I mean, they're they're interested in the hour long program or in one of my paid programs or or whatever it is, and and so you just never know. But I'm as I'm talking about my work again, a specific way of talking about my work that helps you gauge whether people are interested in in hiring you or not.
0: Twenty percent is a good number. Oh yeah and and listeners i know i've talked to i've heard testimonials of the workshops If you network at all these workshops he does free workshops he's that's a servant heart that he has which leads to learning a little bit and and we're not, on this show we're not trying to get your best elevator pitch you need to meet reach out to him. and how can they get a hold of you Andy
1: uh well the best way the best way is through my website mm-hmm. improvandy.com um and uh I can give my phone number too if you want. I mean,
0: that's up to you. Absolutely.
1: Six one seven seven nine four nine seven nine seven. A great way to reach out to me. But on my website, you can, you know, you can't actually sign up for my for my hour long program on my website because I like to talk to people before they do that. Like, you can't just sign up without me meeting. So we got to meet. So if you go to my website, you can get on my calendar. There's a way to get on my calendar there. And um,
0: hey, I listeners, I'm-, I'm putting out a, a, a challenge. Let's fill up his calendar for June.
1: that'd be great
0: he may like me or not like me but we're gonna do it anyways (laughs) can i get a little crazy i'm gonna get because i love what you're doing andy i've known you for almost a year can i get a little crazy yeah yeah i want to give out gifts so the first two people that reach out to andy andy's gonna let me know i'm gonna send you both a gift oh and it'll be worthwhile because you and if you're not the first two, reach out to him because he like he just said he's gonna do a discovery call I guarantee if you network at all, you're going to jump aboard. He's changed my life for my elevator pitch. And I thought I had a good one and I didn't, um, with that being said, we're right out of time here. What, when people network, what's kind of an overall mistake they make that the audience needs to hear?
1: The biggest mistake people make when they're networking is confusing networking <clears throat> with sales. And it sounds like a really weird thing to say because how is that confusing? But I'll tell people that if you're studying attendance lists or collecting business cards or some have some sort of follow-up process that you follow on those business cards, you're selling. You're looking for prospects. You're looking for people that you can sell to. And what I like to tell people is that you sell to prospects. And I'll be the first to say, if you're at a networking event and you meet someone who has the burning desire and the budget for what you offer, you should set up a sales meeting. And then go back to networking with other people because you... Mm-hmm. Sell to prospects. You network with non-prospects, and that's the thing people really don't understand. That you know, I say network, and people are like, what does that mean? It means you have a coffee meeting, you have a one-to-one, you sit down, and you get to know that person. That's where all these opportunities come from. And so, what I like to tell people is that the purpose of the networking event is to meet two to three people you'd like to follow up with, have a second conversation, and that's and, and that's where it all that's where it all comes together in those second con- in the second and third and you know. Tenth, twentieth conversations, building relationships, building relationships, absolutely.
0: I like that. I like the prospect, separating the prospect with the sales, and the last thing, framing those calls. How important is that after the networking? So me and you meet, we're jumping on a call. Oh, how's important?
1: Yeah, it's 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 you know, I have some I have some material on that as well as to kind of how to how to make those useful and how to how to make sure you you're prepared for that conversation. You know what what you need to bring to that in order to make sure that. That, that first of all, you're listening and you can help people, you know, I, I call it opportunity spotting because we're not really trained how to do this. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be helping someone with networking and they'll go to an event and they'll, then we'll have our call. And I'll say, okay, well, tell me about the event. I'm like, oh, it wasn't a great event. I'm at this and that and the other. I'm like, wait a second. Like that person, I was like the person you just mentioned, like, that sounds like a good person to reach back out to like, oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about. It. Yeah. That, so, so you kind of have to tune, you have to tune your antenna for it. It, it. It's partly, you know, having the right pitch, but also tuning your antenna because you don't, you don't need to send people clients, right? I mean, you can send people all sorts. You could send people a book, you know, a book recommendation that they, that they could read. I mean, that, that could be helpful to someone. So, so it's really, it, it's this opportunity spotting and that, there, again, there are, there are things you can do at the um, you know, I know, I know. Mister Clay Hicks has a great, a great way of doing that too in yeah. the H Seven the network, and our, our teachings are similar. But, but it, yeah, I mean, the you do want to, you do want to do, do some research on how to, uh, how to make those meetings worthwhile, so you can actually get some value. Yeah, out.
0: no, that's great. And the opportunity, what do you call, it, say that again, opportunity, opportunity
1: spotting. I call it opportunity spotting. That's that fantastic. You, you, know, and you hear someone action. say something, and, and then you think of someone you can, you can give them to. Yeah. Help them.
0: referral partners. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but it
1: doesn't even have to be a referral. That's the thing. It doesn't even need to be a referral partner, right? I mean, you could give them someone that that's much less interesting than that, right? The, the referral partner is kind of a high bar, right? But of course, the referral partners come from getting to know people. So, so it's yeah, that's how I like to
0: think about well, it. Well, Andy, you definitely know what the hell you're saying. I, I said hell because I'm fired up. I've known you for a long. I've learned a lot more about you. Again, listeners, reach out to him, please because he can change your business drastically in two to six months. I've seen it. I've seen people grow. He's helped so many, um, jump on one of his workshops too. It'll be in his notes. The show notes his information. Um, thank you, Andy. This is Thanks, God bless Steve. you. I, I'm going to follow you. We're going to have you back. There's a lot more we can talk about 20 minutes. Doesn't do it justice, but can I ask a favor? Sure. Can you leave my audience with a great tip that's helped you through your journey through business and life?
1: Yeah. The, the, The tip, the tip I'd like to give Steve is start conversations, right? None of this, none of this stuff happens if you don't start the conversations and, you know, people, you know, back when we went to in-person events, there was always people, you know, hanging out on the fringes. And, and if if you can be the one to approach people, if you can be the one to be the one initiating the contact, right? Everyone's like nervous about it. But remember the people who are against the wall, they're so nervous. They can't even leave the wall. Right. So if you can approach them with a smile and say, hi, I'm Andy, you know, or whatever your name is, that it, it really it breaks the ice and helps start. And any, anything you're doing, if you, if you think about any of the opportunities you've got, it all started with a conversation. And that's what I really teach people is how to start those conversations confidently and kind of knowing how to how to move them forward. So, yes, my recommendation is to go out there and start conversations.